Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed. Unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled, Unleashed starts now. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Unschooled Unleashed. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, and today we're going to talk about humility. I keep on getting reminded that I need... I just need to focus on my shortcomings because it gives me understanding for other people's shortcomings, particularly when parenting, when doing home education. So we're going to kind of go through that today. We're going to talk about what humility is, uh, the different types of parenting styles and how they relate to humility, the benefits of humility in parenting, and then some practical application within it. And also uh, particularly tweezing out some humility in home education and our inner journey with that. It is a difficult thing to master, and I've just had some experiences recently that really point towards this being something important. So with that being said, why don't we just dive in? All right, let's jump right in. Let's let's uh, first define out what humility is. I think it's important to define out these terms so we all are on the same page. Humility, as I, as I plug this into Google and I define it out, <laughs> I found the, the, the best definition of humility for what I'm talking about is humility is not being superior to others. You look around and you say, you know, I have faults too. I'm not on a higher level than you. You are, you know, we're, we're not judging anyone. We're recognizing that everyone has faults, that kind of thing. Humility, I, I believe, is a strength. I don't believe it's a weakness. And I think for some people, they perceive humility as a weakness, and this can be a huge shift in perspective. But I think it's going to be a superpower for you if you are really to adopt it, and I'm going to try and talk you through that. One of the things I'm doing more recently, and this is where this is coming from, is I'm coming up with aspirational goals. So that way I know how, how I will interact with the world in the future. It's not what is within me. It's, it's an aspirational goal. It's something, this is how I want to present myself in the future. And when you're someone like me who likes to take life by the horns, they're type A, they're going to, uh, you know, they see something they want and they go after it. You tend to think you can control the world. And you tend to think that you're somehow unique, you're special because you look around and then I'm not a, you know, that. Nine out of the 10 people standing around don't have the capacity to do what you're able to do. And you tend to, you know, sit on your high horse and you get better results than some people. But the thing is, is you have strengths and you have weaknesses and everyone has these. I definitely have weaknesses and that's kind of where my humility comes in. Uh, I need to, <laughs> I need to look around and just see 
you know, people who struggle in things that I'm good at and just recognize that I struggle in things that they're good at, if that makes sense. So these aspirational values that I'm working on right now are acceptance, humility, and forgiveness. Because that's how I'm going to interact with the world in the future. That's how I'm going to interact with the, with my family over the holidays. Because, you know, someone shows up doing something annoying from your childhood. And uh, I don't want to hold on to that. I don't want to live in, <laughs> live in that world anymore. Um, and there's plenty of circumstances. I think this is going to be very powerful in your parenting. I think that's another big reason I'm focusing in on this. It's going to be big in my marriage. These, this is how I'm going to handle things in the future. But humility in particular has been a struggle for me. Uh, let me let me just dive into a little bit more of these values before I move on. One, as we as we look at something, as we as we try to control the world, because that's all what we most of us try and do. Almost all of us, I would argue, try and control things that are important to us. We have to realize that we can't control anything outside of ourselves. I can control what I say. Okay? But I can't control what you say. I can listen to someone say something and I have to accept it for what it is. I can't control them. I can influence them, but I can't control them. It's possible for me to influence them anyway. I need to accept that. I need to accept that I can't control other people, that I can't control the world, I can't control the weather, I can't control really anything outside of myself, right? And that acceptance helps me let go because otherwise you carry that weight. Moving on to humility, as I accept what other people say, what other people do that I might not like, I need to recognize within myself that there are things that I do that other people don't like. There's things that I do or don't do, or maybe I'm not good at. And I need to recognize that those are within me as well, even if I can't see them. And that I'm not superior to anyone else. And that these flaws that I might see in them are very apparent to me, but maybe they're not, maybe maybe my flaws are just as apparent to them. And having that humility really uh, gives me perspective. And then moving on to forgiveness, I'm just not going to carry the weight around of someone saying or doing something that I don't like. I'm going to forgive them for it and move on. Forgiveness is for me, not for them in this case. And again, these are aspirational goals. And I think that's going to set the stage for the rest of this conversation as we talk about humility and parenting and home education, really. Uh, But first, before we dive into that, I think it's going to be very important to talk about the four types of parenting styles as we lay the groundwork of uh, kind of where we're going with this. Because I'm going to refer to two parenting styles in particular uh, throughout throughout this episode. But let's just go through the four different types first. Uh, the four different types are based on responsiveness. You are the, the responsiveness you have to your children. So there's a lot of responsive. You're very responsive, or you're not so responsive. And then the how how demanding it is for the parent to do this parenting style. So you can picture uh, four quadrants. You know, with on the y-axis, it's responsiveness to the child, and on the x-axis, it, it's demandingness 
how demanding it is for the parent, and this is increasing on the y-axis and increasing up to the to the right on the on the x-axis. And we break, and, we, and then we have four different quadrants. And the first one I'm going to cover is not responding to the child's needs. You're not being very responsive, and you, it's not very demanding for the parent. And this is called the neglectful parenting style. <laughs> it's at the bottom left corner bottom left quadrant, if you're keeping track. This is uninvolved or absent parents. You don't really provide any kind of nurturance or guidance. You're indifferent to the child's social, emotional, and behavioral needs. You're really just kind of gone. That's why it's so easy. You know, we tend to get there at the end of something when we're at the end of the, ourselves and you know, we're just kind of tuning out, you know. that we, we've, we've all been there when the uh, baby's crying for hours on end and you're just kind of sitting there going, what else do I do? <laughs> Staring at the wall, right? That's kind of that quadrant. If you increase your responsiveness to the child, but you keep your demand, the demand on the parent low, you're heading into the top left quadrant, which is permissive. This is a permissive parenting style. This is child driven. It's not driven by the parent right? You're backing off. It's not demanding for you at all. It's child-driven. It rarely give or enforce rules, overindulges child to avoid conflict, those types of thing, things. You're really just kind of uh, not there yet again, but uh, you're allowing the child to run the show. Now, the, the last two parenting styles, styles are both going to be demanding on the parent. All right, they only differ in how responsive they are to the child. And these are the two that I bounce between myself. One, I think, is where I always want to be. And the other one is where I always want to avoid. But when I get stressed out, I go into the one I don't want to be in. And that's the first one I'm going to talk about. And that's authoritarian. This is low responsiveness to the child and very demanding for the parent. <laughs> it's parent driven. You set strict rules and have punishments. It's one way communication with little consideration of the child's needs, uh, social, emotional, behavioral, all that. You're really a dictator in that sense. And it's top down instruction and all that fun stuff. And gosh, what's that remind you of? Reminds you of school, right? Everything. The only right answers come from the top and they filter their way down. They're going to set a curriculum for you and they're going to tell you where you should be, how you should do it, when you should show up, what you should wear, da 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 Very little thinking in that because it's all controlled by the top. And in a parenting style, it's you, right? It's the parent. That's where I go when I get super frustrated, feel under a whole bunch of pressure, when I feel overwhelmed because I'm type A. It's not where I want to be, and I'm not advertising it or you know, saying it's okay, but I'm just being honest. <laughs> now, I'm working very hard to live in that because it's very demanding on the, the parent. <laughs> and what I need to do is lose some of my grip a little bit because I can't control everything. I need to have some humility. I need to recognize that I don't know everything, that I make mistakes too, right? Uh, that other people, meaning my children, might have some good ideas. 
and that really it's not about me telling them what to do. It's more about me helping them discover what they should do because I'm teaching them how to be adults. And that requires the next parenting style that I'm going to talk about, which is called authoritative. Authoritative, you solve problems together with the child. And you're really teaching them how to be an adult, in my opinion, with, by doing that. You set clear rules and expectations. You have open communication and allow for natural consequences. I mean, this is called living life. This is like if you were to remove yourself as a parent and allow them to learn without you as much as possible. This is kind of how life works. There's clear rules and expectations within your job or within whatever, you know, the law and uh, natural consequences follow. And when you uh, have something happen as an adult, let's say, you seek out people who are wiser than you or friends, somebody, and solve problems together with them. This is how the world actually works. So I'm always aspirationally trying to move to authoritative. And I think the key to getting from authoritarian to authoritative is humility. At least it has been in my book because the times that I'm uh, acting within that value, acting within humility, that's when I'm able to shift my mindset. Moving on. Um, let's talk about the benefits of humility in parenting. I'm going to refer to this authoritative and authoritarian thing as we go through. So just put that in your back pocket for now. Um, the benefits of humility in parenting. I think, one, it fosters open communication. Again, when you have humility, you have open communication. It's more of that authoritative uh, type of parenting style. I think we need to encourage honest dialogues with our children, and we need to admit when we're wrong. That requires humility. We need to actually communicate that to our children because they're going to need it in the future themselves. Trust me. I know my personal example with with trying to act within my, my value of humility is when I when I blow up at the kids. Like for example, one of the reasons I'm doing this is because I had one of these moments this morning. I blew up the kids when I was working out because I'm in the middle of my push-ups, right? And I'm doing these these push-ups where it requires me to put one hand f uh, uh, above my head and one hand below my head. And then I do a push-up and then I jump up in the air and switch it midair. And now I have my other hand above my head and my other hand below my head. And I just keep on doing this and it's 60 seconds of that. And one of my kids, I don't remember who it was, interrupts me and it's something that I've already talked with them about. And what do I do? I blow up. Well, I am in the middle of my exercise and I don't realize this until after that I should apologize, but I did. I followed up for it with them and I modeled that humility, right? I think we need to model it with them, but it created an open dialogue. Showing the kids I'm wrong lets them know it's okay to mess up. Again, modeling that for real life because they will mess up just like I'm messing up. And what I want them to do is to apologize for what they do and then try and make it right. I talk about my weaknesses with them to foster that open communication. And again, this is that authoritative parenting style where we're solving problems together. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not their problems. Maybe it's my problem too. But of course, it's the, uh, 
you know, it's intertwined with them. Usually what I talk about with them, for example, me blowing up, uh, this morning. Uh, but I tell them, you know, Hey, I'm weak at this and I'm trying to learn and hopefully they can avoid falling for the trap of blowing up on their kids or blowing up on other people and avoid that generational curse. I think that's beneficial, but those conversations don't happen unless you have humility. I think that humility and parenting will build stronger relationships because I think it's more honest. There's a mutual respect between a parent and a child that enhances that trust and understanding. Um, I know that it's hard to do this with younger children, you know, particularly under five, because you really, they, they, they really are just still grasping the world. You know, you really have to be more direct with your children when they're young and say, do this, do that. But as they transition to being older, you're, you're establishing yourself more as a guide. At least that's what I believe. That's what I want to do. I'll just talk from my perspective. That's what I'd like to do. Uh, there will be a point when our children have a choice to have us in their life. And what I hope to be able to do is be in that guide role. I want to be able to, you know, they, where they ask for my input and they listen and then they try and implement it the best they can. They're not going to be perfect and they may just toss my advice out, but at least they come to me and they ask my opinion. And I think that's a form of respect in that relationship that I really want to foster. I think that starts younger than most people think. I think we need to start to transition to that around before 10, certainly before 10. Seven, eight, nine. Somewhere in there, you start inviting them in uh, to the world, uh, having those conversations to build that relationship where you act more as that guide and you say, what do you want to do? How do you want to handle this? And then they ask you, like, well, I don't know. What, what should I do? And it's like, well, here's my thoughts on it. And you give them your thoughts and then you let them make the decision. That's, that's, that's training them to be an adult. And the younger I think we can, that we can do this, the more we're going to set our kids up for success. And again, that doesn't happen without us being, ha having humility and talking about our weaknesses and modeling it so that way they can talk to us about their weaknesses. Uh, today, I blew up on my son when I was working out and we just had it out afterwards right we're just back and forth he's saying stuff i'm saying stuff it's not out of control all right don't get me wrong i don't want to make this too big of a deal it was most people probably wouldn't think it was that bad but it's not you know it's it's authoritarian it's not authoritative the way i was handling it so i go on with my day and i go out take the dog for a walk start thinking about my life right and i realized that I'm really not acting in the authoritative parenting style that I want. I want I want to switch from authoritarian to authoritative, and that's when humility has to kick in. That's when humility starts at my aspirational value. My gosh, I mess up left and right. I did stuff wrong here too. It's not all on him. Uh, so what I decided to do was uh, recognize that he's trying his best because I was trying my best, even though I didn't perform my best. I decided to stop by the donut shop on my walk, and I grabbed him a, it wasn't a donut, it was something else, but I'll call it a donut, because I don't know what to call it. 
grabbed him a donut. After we both cooled off, cooled off after the walk, I walk in the door and I just said, hey, I got you something. I just wanted to let you know I love you. <laughs> Give him some grace. I mean, this kid's acting up, like going wild as far as I'm concerned, you know. <laughs> but uh, what does our Father in Heaven do with us? Uh, he gives us grace all the stinking time, doesn't he? And that's what I wanted to model for my son. I mess up too. I did mess up. Hey, let's call a truce. I messed up. You messed up. There's no, you know, I still love you. <laughs> and it opened up a conversation about everything that's going on, what I struggle with, how I messed up. And that conversation led to how God parents us and how he gives us grace. And that's exactly where I get my model from. So I was doing it for him. And we also talked about learning the easy way, the hard way. The conversation went much, much better when I did that. And uh, I wouldn't have gotten there without humility. Moving on, uh, some practical application. We already kind of talked about it, and it's modeling humility, but let me just hit a couple more points on that. Demonstrating learning from mistakes and being open to new ideas. That's what we want to do. Demonstrate learning from our mistakes and being open to new ideas. That sounds like a, a uh, authoritative parenting, right? Kids are always watching, so we always have to be very careful about what we do ourselves. And this is a work in progress, I think, for probably every parent, especially me. Um, with the donut conversation, I led with what I did wrong. That was the first thing out of my mouth. I didn't focus on what he did. I focused on what I did. Because what do I want him to do? <laughs> of course, us as parents want them to go, we want to walk in the room and we want to be like, now you talk about what you did wrong, right? Well, I don't think he's going to do that unless I model it for him. So that's exactly what I did. I walked in the room with that donut and I led with what I did wrong. After we started that conversation, he immediately did the same in response. And I thought that was pretty cool. That, that was very, very uh, mature of him to recognize that's where he should go. It's not even has to go or should, but I mean, it just showed some maturity on his end that he did that. Uh, another way to model humility is uh, what, when we say our prayers in the evening, I say prayers for myself and my struggles, so particularly when it's a struggle with them. For example, I pray for my own patience with them when I know they're struggling with something. Uh, maybe it's the way I talk when I am overwhelmed or under pressure, taking it out my, on my feelings with them. Uh, I, I, you know, pray for me to be able to stay in touch with my emotions without having to take it out on other people. I'm still learning. This is all humility. And I think that's part of the power of prayer is it kind of forces us in many ways, at least if you're doing certain prayers, to live within humility because we're not perfect and we know that. Um, another thing is focusing on the future. Okay. And this, again, that we're, we're, this is still practical application for modeling humility. If we're able to focus on the future and say, 
to our children or express to our children in some form that we can struggle for years to learn or we can try and learn the lesson that's trying to be taught to us now. And we get to choose it. That's what I express to my children. We get to choose when we learn that lesson and what lesson we actually learn. I talk about what lessons I chose not to learn. Again, that's the humility aspect of this that I kept around forever. And now it's a bad habit. And how I still have to change it and actually put more energy into it uh, to change it. But if I were to if I were to go over and do that in the beginning, when I first started to develop this habit and fought it then, it would have been a lot easier and I wouldn't have to go through all the suffering along the way, hurting the people around me, maybe with me being explosive or, you know, when I'm working out, you know, <laughs> that whole thing. Blowing up on the kids, blowing up on my wife when she says something I don't like, whatever it might be. Uh, it's probably something to take care of in the present, uh, because in the future it's going to be way harder. So I usually frame things in that way to my children to help them get some perspective on, on how this is going to look in the future. And, uh, I often use myself as the example because I think if you kind of focus on them too much, the, 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 the message gets lost in the emotions of whatever's going on with them, whatever they're struggling with, you know. Uh, but it's easier. I always go back to it's easier to change now than it will be later. And if this is something that you actually want to change, now is the wisest time if you can. And you get to pick what you're going to struggle with for the rest of your life. You just, it's whatever you accept but you're going to, it's going to be the same amount of energy to change it at least as much energy to change it in the future as it will be now. I say that right. It will be as least as much energy to change it in the future as it will now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I hope that point came across clearly because it's, it's a hard point for me to make and I'm still working on it, but, um, uh, if I had to summarize it in one sentence, it would be change now or change later, but you're going to change at some point. You get to choose that. Uh, the next practical application for uh, using humility in our parenting is empowering your children. And remember that uh, the authoritative parenting style empowers children. It asks great questions. It gets their brains going, right? And I think that's really important. And uh, really where this is going to come in is you got to give your kids a voice. Allowing kids to teach parents, right? You are not, it's not authoritarian. It's not top down. It's not you are the source of everything right and that is uh I don't know, anything wise comes out of your mouth first. You have to be open to their opinions and ideas and allow them to make a great point and you to concede. They are future adults. We need to train them and let them know that their opinion matters. In fact, this is one reason why I do home education is because I want the, their ideas to be respected. Things can be fluid when you're doing home education, especially in unschooling. And uh, they can shape their world 
with with uh, unschooling or even in home education, but particularly in unsch- unschooling. This is a skill that I believe will be uh, valuable to develop. And I, I think, you know, if we contrast that a little bit, if we aren't respecting their ideas and their voice, then the alternative is disempowerment. And I think no one wants to get go through their life feeling disempowered. I think it breeds that victim mentality, especially if you internalize it. And you think you can't affect anything in the world. You can't change any of your circumstances. And I don't, I don't think that, I think that's one of the most destructive things you can instill in a child because it's, uh, because you, because you keep them stuck. And I I just think that's awful. And it's going to take a lot to break through that, a lot of therapy to break through that if you, if you, uh, allow that to happen or not allowed. It's not within your control, but if you, uh, allow that to be instilled, if you actually promote that, I think that as we, you know, this is a education podcast. If we look at school, it homogenizes everything. Everyone's equally miserable. Uh, Things are stagnant. You are not special, right? Everyone has to follow the same curriculum. Everyone has to follow the same path. If you're either ahead or behind, uh, don't think differently. We've already figured it out. Don't be different. We are the school. We know what's best for you. Just do as you're told. It's the opposite of humility. It's authoritarian. It's top-down instruction. And when you are, when you when you live in that for too long, when you live in an authoritarian uh, environment for too long, you rebel. You rebel or you become p- completely passive in your life. And again, that's that victim mentality. And that's why one of the reasons I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of school. Now, of course, there's exceptions. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking of all the sep- exceptions in my childhood where I had a very empowering teacher, but I think that's the exception, not the rule, unfortunately. We want to create problem solvers and people who are able to see past uh, any kind of limitations that they currently experience. And I think the only way to do that is uh, to respect their voice. I actually make it a point in this regard, I actually make it a point to allow my children to change my mind about something when they raise a concern. It doesn't happen every time, and it's probably in the minority of times, but it needs to happen. I make it a point to happen. I just have to pick something. That's my rule. I have to pick something throughout the week <laughs> to change my mind about, to hear what they're saying. And it keeps my mind open. Uh, and the message I send to them when I do that, I hope, is that their voice matters. Sometimes I'm not saying the entire picture. But <laughs> I find that when they make a great argument, I intentionally change my mind. I might make a reversal of no video games tonight. I might make a, uh, a, a change in the time they go to bed. I just want them to see that their opinions and their voice matters, their ideas matter, and what's important to them matters. And I, I don't think this happens unless I have humility about my own thoughts unless I know that I'm not the source of truth, that I make mistakes, that uh, maybe just my opinion today isn't the best and brightest opinion. 
you know, even though I'm the parent. Again, that's humility. Moving on to humility, particularly in the home education journey, is we just we need to adapt to the child's needs. And that's recognizing that the child's learning path is unique and requires flexibility. And that's the whole thing with unschooling. And if you're a curriculum person with your home education, you know, that's fine. Just give them some flexibility. Everyone's different, right? Uh, in fact, that's one of the reasons I would argue that we all pull our kids out of school is because we want them to uh, not just excel, but build up the unique things about our child that that's great about them. I know with uh, my journey with unschooling my children that there, I, I believe there's no set path that guarantees, guarantees success. There is no set age that they need to read, write, or do arithmetic to be a successful adult as long as they're able to get it. Kids develop at different paces, but every once in a while, I get super nervous. I start getting scared. And I start thinking, oh my gosh, my child's quote unquote behind on a topic. And then I start thinking about my experience as a student in school and how I felt behind and it scared me and that didn't set me up for success later in life for many reasons that I won't get into. You can listen to the other podcasts on where I've talked about it. Uh, I, I remember that I have forgotten more that I, than I actually that I actually than I actually remember of the stuff that I learned in school. And who am I to judge when they need to know something and when they don't? I have to have some humility. Everyone learns at a different pace, and. Uh, I need to remember that God has a plan for them. And then I'm not the enforcer of it, that this should be a dialogue. This should, they're, what they think is important matters as well. And we need to adapt to what they need in that moment, be flexible. And I think unschooling allows for that to happen in, in many ways. Of course, I'm a huge advocate for steering them into learning, reading, writing, and arithmetic amongst other things. Uh, expressing the value of all that and pointing it out along the way and then giving them the tools to be successful in that area. But uh, not getting scared when it doesn't meet my timelines because who am I? You know, that's me taking control and dictating everything. Uh, and I really don't want to do that. Uh, last point about the value of humility in a uh, home education journey is Embracing the role as a co-learner rather than just as an instructor. Again, this is that authoritative parenting style. Man, if just going back in time and remembering the excitement of learning in your childhood, I think that helps me snap back into that where we're the co-learner rather than just the instructor, where it's not top-down, it's side-by-side. Side. It helps me to be way more patient. I remember teaching math to my kids at first and it seemed like it was taking them too long to learn the basics and what, what is too long, right? I mean, as long as they grasp the concept, what does it matter? But it was, it was me, right? It was me being the authoritarian. I wanted to move on. We were behind schedule and I wanted to meet all these, whatever, you know, like these goals and what I needed to remember that it will happen in their time. And I remembered how scary math was when I was their age and how math can, 
gosh, reconfigure the whole way you look at the world once you really grasp it. And that's what we're up against right now is reconfiguring the way the, you know, certain parts of their brain work. It's a big deal. I mean, I still struggle with some topics in math and I need to make sure I'm focusing on (laughs) how I'm not perfect. And I have the humility, uh, have the humility to just step back and give them some patience because I think that humility unlocks is the key to patience. So with that, I think I'll end today's episode. Hopefully you got something good out of that. So stay curious, stay unschooled, and stay away from the algebra nightmares. I'll catch you in the next episode. Parents, are you terrified your unschooled child isn't learning enough? Or are you a homeschooling veteran eager to level up by incorporating in unschooling principles? Maybe you're newly venturing into homeschooling and already doubting your decision. Whatever the stage, overwhelm is real, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Matthew Jarecki from Unschooled Unleashed, and I've got huge news. I'm thrilled to introduce Homeschool Rescue, Unschooled Unleashed's signature coaching package. Whether you're all in on unschooling or just dipping a toe, this tailored coaching package is your roadmap to a confident and thriving education no matter how hectic life gets. Bold moves make bright futures. Join our homeschool rescue coaching program through the link in the description and set your child's genius free. So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world. And the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey, and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the front line.